Welcome to Red Carpet Retirement. This podcast is all about helping business owners and those in the entertainment and creative industries secure and protect their financial future. We provide educational stories and specific strategies so you can achieve the red carpet retirement you so richly deserve. Now here's your host, Adam Scott. Hello and welcome to Red Carpet Retirement with your host, Adam Scott. Adam, how are you? Hey, Eric, uh, as ever, great to be here with you today. So, Eric, I get a lot of questions around real estate, and I figured that we need to address it, and I want to do it in a part one and a part two. Part one is going to be about home ownership, which is today, because this is such a big topic, and I realized, you know what? We can't do it all in one. We've got to do it in two. So we're going to do home ownership today. What's going on with the housing market? Is it a good time to buy, or is it a good time to sell? And I'm calling this uh, real estate, the future may be different. So that's one of the main themes I want to say is that uh, we'll go into this a bit more later, but younger people are seeing the 40 years that happened to my generation, right? I bought in my twenties and I did very well over 30, 40 years, but that may not happen for uh, the younger generation uh, or people entering retirement now at the age of 60. Is it still good to be holding on to a lot of real estate? So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I I find this fascinating. I'm really glad you're addressing it because there have been a lot of things in the past couple of years, uh, very hot housing market. I was lucky enough to sell one of my homes in that market. The Our, our primary residence that we had was just too big for us, so we sold. Um, but I remember talking to folks, and and I just never knew because in the 80s, I was in my teens, uh, quite honestly, and and I didn't know anything about housing at all. And then to find out that interest rates were like 17 18% um, in the Absolutely. 80s. Uh, yeah. I, I had no idea. I was like, how is it possible? Because I was concerned about people, like you said, like young people now wanting to buy a home. How is this going to work with interest rates going as high as they are? But this is nothing compared to the 80s. And I hope we don't get back to that. Absolutely. And we're going to touch on that later. Okay. So this is uh, that's in terms of kind of introducing how we're, what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the current state of the housing market. Then we're going to talk about why buying a home might not be the wealth builder it once was. So we're going to talk about those forces that why things may be different, including those. <laughs> I believe it was 18.6% real, uh, were mortgage rates in 1981, right? Can you imagine that? Jeez. We're going to talk about the role of taxes on the market, right? The good and the bad of taxes, how they help you and how they hurt you, and also some strategies for actually getting around those taxes because uh, you might owe a lot of taxes if you're selling real estate. So we're going to touch on that. We're going to talk about tax strategies for sellers. So those are the basic things we're going to talk about. All right. Well, let's dive in. Okay. So where are we with the U.S. housing market? So currently, 30-year fixed mortgage rates are around 6 to 7%. Mm-hmm. And as we know, I say as we know, as we know, I refinance at 2.375%. We may not know that I refinance at 2.375%, but as a lot of us know, or almost everybody knows, mortgage rates hit all-time lows during the pandemic. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some people got a lower mortgage rate than mine of 2.375%, but that was probably around the low for a 30-year mortgage, right? Yeah, crazy low. Yeah. So of course, what happened that became a feeding frenzy of young people buying houses and pushing house prices up to grab these cheap mortgage rates before they went away. Yeah. But yeah, there's always a yin and a yang to this. If everyone thinks it's a great time to buy, that pushes up prices. And of course, now things have changed where we've got these 6 to 7% mortgage rates that your mortgage payment is so much 
higher. Now, not only is your mortgage payment so much higher, but apparently, according to longtermtrends.com, we're at all-time records for the relationship of the median household income to the median home price. So the median home price is around $500,000. The median home price is seven times higher than average income. It's over. It's like seven plus, seven and a half times higher. The normal amount is four to five times higher, right? Over the last 40, 50 years, the normal relationship is home prices are four to five times higher than median national income. That's okay. No, it's not okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I know you're saying okay, as and I understand, I understand, and it's that is scary, man. I mean, it's just right. it's one of those things where how much debt does somebody want to take on and feel comfortable, and is it possible, you know, when it's the you know the percentage rates are that high? I just yeah, that right. it frustrates me for the younger generation. Yeah. So, and this doesn't even account for the fact of their mortgage payments, and and I got to say, I I don't have those facts at my fingertips, except to say that, uh, so these prices are still up there. They've been forced up by COVID with low mortgage rates, but now the payments are even higher because of these high interest rates, the high mortgage rates. So you've got high home prices, high mortgage rates. You've got a double whammy and something has to give. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the housing bubble. I don't think I mentioned this in the housing bubble was, um, in 2009 or two, yeah, 2006, 2007, the relationship was house prices were seven times higher than median national income, right? And now we're over seven times higher and wow. with mortgage rates going up. And we considered that a bubble, right? And I don't hear people talking about a bubble right now. So is that because there are variable, there are more variable rates? Do you think that's the reason they're not too concerned about it this time is because a lot of people had variable mortgages. And so when everything hit the roof, their mortgage payments went so high, they couldn't afford them anymore. Right, right. No, and I think that's going to that's gonna happen in a certain part of the market, but absolutely, you're right. And normally when home prices push up in this way and mortgages get more expensive, it does create a downdraft. One of the things that's sustaining this is that so many people refinanced at these rock bottom rates that there are no sellers out there, right? And that's a pretty unique time that in history, the fact that increased mortgage rates has not so far created decline because everyone got locked in at such low mortgage rates, right? Normally, if interest rates were to go up and house prices start to soften, there are going to be some people who are owners at those higher interest rates, and they're going to start selling because they're going to start losing money on the houses. But yeah, we might get into that in a second. Anyway, right now, Existing home sales have for the f- uh, f- three months in a row, right? And that's, um, we, I think we've had the, the biggest decline in the number of sales uh, since like 2009, where the number of sales has fallen by 23% year over year, and home prices have declined three months in a row, year over year. And again, we haven't seen that happen since 2009. The amount that prices have dropped is absolutely minuscule, right? Compared to say 2009, you'd barely yeah. notice the price drops, but they have dropped each month for the last three months. However, a lot depends on where you're living. Like East and West are having very different stories. So we've seen big drops in the West, big drops in San Francisco, drops in LA. But over in the East and the Southeast, things are still humming along. In some areas, your know, house prices are up 7% year over year. So getting back to your question and Eric, about 
uh, you know, you talked about variable interest rates and and you know whether like rates going up or or people getting lower rates, whether how this could affect the market. So I look at this current market as what well, as a push me pull you, um, you know, or you, or you could talk about like the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. That mm-hmm. um, the irresistible force uh, could be these mortgage rates that are just going higher and higher. But the immovable object is the fact there are no sellers because people want to hold on to their rock bottom mortgage rates, even if they start losing money on their house. Yeah. So the push me pull you, the forces are, you know, what's constraining supply? Well, we've got people locked in at those low rates that we've talked about. Taxes that people like me, I would love to sell, but unless I do some of the tax strategies I'm going to talk about later. I'm going to pay a huge amount of taxes if I sell. And then thirdly, we're having very limited new construction due to supply shortages, material shortages, and manpower shortages. It's been really tough for the uh, home building industry to get all of the resources they need. Well, that's something that that I'm I'm looking at very closely over the next few years, Adam, because I, I told you that I sold one of our homes. I had another home that was a rental property for a very, very long time, and it had been vacant for well over a year. I just did not want to be a landlord anymore, quite honestly. Um, so we sold our primary res- residence and moved into the home that we had as a rental. And I'm just doing some some fixing up and you know little projects here and there. I'd love to do that, um, but my goal is to you know to be able to sell this home, take the proceeds from the first home and the second home, and then build. But <laughs> I think I'm going to have to wait three or four years for, you know, for the supply chain to get back to normal, you know, whatever normal is. I know that I can't do that now. And so it gives me time to do my projects, which is nice. But um, still, I would love to be in a in a newer home that that we kind of have a hand in designing um, that meets our needs on on property that we like, so on and so forth. All those little things that you get when you do build. I would love that. However, just like you said, there's a lot of shortages out there still, and it's, I'm I'm not willing to pay outrageous prices for the the stuff that's there available now. I'm going to wait a little bit and try to wait it out. And yeah, these things are affecting home home builders. Having said that, who's going to win in this push me pull you with the housing market or this irresistible force meeting the immovable object? And my money is a little bit on the irresistible force, which is these mortgage rates going so high because, as we've already said, house prices are at all-time highs anyway related to national income, and now mortgage rates are going up. So housing payments are absolutely the, the highest they've ever been as part of an individual's income if you're buying a house now. So how might this change? There's, great, there's a lot of talk, as we know, about the Federal Reserve that as they increase interest rates, they may cause a recession, right? There's so much talk about it. In fact, yeah. there's been so much talk about a recession that, and the market and uh, the economy has held up so well that some people think that all the talk is about a recession has actually prevented a recession this time. Sometimes people think that a talk about a recession causes a recession. But now you'll start reading economists in the newspapers start saying, well, we haven't had a recession because everyone was so afraid there wasn't a, a, a going to be a recession that a lot of businesses were quite cautious and as a result of that they're not they haven't built up these kind of excesses that often build up in the economy but anyway still there is fear that we could go into a recession and whether or not there's fear if we do go into a recession 
suddenly people will not be able to afford these high mortgage payments yeah. or even the houses that they bought at very low interest rates. They still paid a lot of money for those houses. They're still paying big mortgage payments. They, if they lose their jobs, they may lose the house, right? Sadly, that's what happens with a recession. So yeah. then we could start getting a lot of supply coming on the market, just like we did in 2009. Getting yeah. to those builders, uh, despite the constraints, we have had, uh, you know, housing starts have gone up quite dramatically uh, in certain areas, especially with uh, with uh, apartment buildings, um, you know, multifamily. Uh, the building of those has gone up quite a bit, and that might solve some of our housing problems on, and, and our supply shortage of housing across the United States. Can, can I can I bring yeah. something up, Adam? That, yeah, it's a very strange analogy, but I think mm. you'll appreciate it. Um, that that brings me a lot of concern, right? When when mm -hmm. you talk about builders and and the supply chain and and them, some builders still still building as much as they possibly can. Mm. Um, have you ever had a, a buffet open up in your area that's like brand new? Um, absolutely, yes, yes. And have you ever gone in the first like couple months that they've been open to try it out? Um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I've been there. That's me, okay. Eric. Yeah. Okay, so I love buffets. Yeah, me too. I love that. Yeah. So, but here's what I've noticed, and, and 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 if you're a listener, feel free to email Adam and let him know that your experiences with a buffet as well. Um, what I've noticed is a lot of times when these buffets open, you go there in the first few months, it's fantastic, great food, great ingredients, great selection. Things are like really, really high quality, and it just blows you away. Eh, six months to a year later, you go back to the same buffet. And they've kind of switched out some of the ingredients. It's not premium ingredients anymore. The, you know, it may be uh, more fake crab than real crab. <laughs> it may be, uh, you know, canned mushrooms instead of fresh sliced mushrooms. The little things that you notice, you're like, wait a second. This is not, this is not what I had the first time. This is not, these are not the ingredients that I was looking for or that I experienced the last time. That's kind of what concerns me about some of the building. Right. Not I'm, I'm not disparaging any builders out there. Please don't write in and be angry with me. But how many of them are out there going, you know what? We can get a you know, we can use this instead of this product. We can use this type of wood siding instead of this type of wood siding. Are the houses getting, you know, um, not cheaper because the price we know the prices are going up, but are they using cheaper materials to get the job done still within code? I'm not saying they're violating any laws, but that's a concern to me that they're just trying to cut costs for themselves and it's going to be an inferior product. Right. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, Eric, at least on one score. I, I don't want to say that, uh, that they're all going to be inferior, but they're going to be smaller. Right. Okay. And yeah. so, and right now I, I felt this for a while that, um, that, we need to start living in smaller houses, and the, the economy, the economics um, of home ownership, because they are changing, is going to lead to people maybe biting off less. Right? They're going to take it. They're going to um, they're, they're going to take a smaller mouthful when it comes to to housing. Right? They're not going to buy off more than that. They're not going to bite off more than they can eat. Yeah. And um, because in the past, what happened was the bigger house you bought, the more real estate you bought, the more leveraged you were. And you might have even made a real estate deal that really didn't make sense, but then interest rates dropped and suddenly, you know, it worked out, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the reckless leveraged themselves up to the hilt over the last 40 years, you know, often became financially very successful. 
the bigger the house you bought, the, the more money you made. That's going to change if house prices stabilize or go down because owning a house costs a lot of money. It That's hidden if the price keeps going up because interest rates go down. But if interest rates stabilize and you you start having to pay you know all the other things of owning a house the taxes and the the maintenance suddenly they become um you know what my parents used to call it a money pit right yeah and uh, so then the smaller house you have you know just like renting a if you're going to rent somewhere if you're going to rent an apartment you know if you want the luxury apartment it's going to cost a lot more if you mm-hmm. want to save money if you want to make a lot of money and keep more money in your pocket you rent a small and economical apartment. So I think that's going to start happening. So this is what I've been thinking. But actually, I read like today, uh, earlier this morning, that the home builders are making smaller apartments because that's what's selling because of the huge housing costs. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, it reminds me in terms of buying a house, right? That young people think, oh, I want to buy a house and it's going to be like homeowner heaven, right? And And certainly owning your own own home is heaven until the roof starts to leak, the plumbing backs up, right? I'm sure you've been there, Eric. We we all oh, yeah. have, right? <laughs> and then the base, the basement floods, and and you realize that actually you're in homeowner hell, right? Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that they're going to start getting welcome. Oh, God, I'm sounding so negative. <laughs> I just well, no, but people- it's true. True. Can I, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. I, I came one da- down one day, and and this I the home we sold. It was just beautiful home. We loved it. Um, it wasn't too big, about 2,500 square feet altogether. And I came down one day to let my dogs out the, the back door. And I looked at the wall and I had wood paneling in it, oak wood paneling. And the, the one of the boards was bowed in. I'm like, well, that's not good. And then I, I walked outside and I, I started to touch the siding. And Adam, I put my hand in the wall. It mm-hmm. just crumbled. I'd never, I'd never really felt my siding before. But I don't think most people go out and feel their siding. <laughs> But I put my hand in there and what ended up happening was we had an upper deck coming from our master bedroom and whoever the builder was 15, 20 years prior, didn't use a simple thing called flashing metal flashing that keeps rainwater away from your walls. So since they didn't use that for the last 20 years or so, rainwater had been seeping into that wall. I had to replace a 27 foot wall, a supportive wall in my house because the two by fours in that section of the wall were like powder. Literally, I could I could rub them with my fingers and they'd fall apart. It was scary, first of all, but I had to replace a 27 foot wall. Yay, home ownership. <laughs> right? Yeah. These are the things we face. And hopefully not everybody, but even the little things drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. There are so many of these stories, and we generally don't really hear about them. We haven't heard about them, certainly over the last decade, because people just made so much money on the house anyway. But um, yeah, but that's, that's I'm so sorry for me, Eric. It was an experience. I learned new yeah. things. Yeah, but you know, we've all been there. And and I was writing an article about on this similar subject, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And as I was writing the article about home ownership, I suddenly a pipe a pipe burst in my driveway. And I think I've mentioned this to you before. And you know, water's going everywhere. <laughs> and I have to get my whole driveway dug up and all the piping that was like, you know, 70 mm. years old all replaced, right? And that was not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So the carrying cost of property, right? Maintenance, tax, insurance, you know, it's going to start catching up with people. Yeah. So that is, if, if house prices are not going up anymore, people are going to start noticing these other, the costs of owning. And as I say, they're going to maybe choose to buy smaller houses where the cost will be less. Yeah. 
So I wanted to talk about you know why the the U.S. housing market and actually the worldwide housing market may be different this time, right, compared to the last forty years. And we've already talked, we've already touched on it. You talked about it right at the opening, Eric. What's going on? You have only read about eighteen point six percent mortgages or, or whatever. Whether you read about it or, yep. or you're too young to remember, I remember my parents paying that eighteen point six percent mortgage rate you know, in 1981. Wow. And in the, U- in the UK, it might have hit a little earlier because I remember my parents being in really bad st- straits in the late 70s. They talked to me that they were going to potentially have to pull me out of... I was lucky enough to be at a private school, but things were already always really tight with my parents. And a lot of it were these huge mortgage payments they paid. And when they went up yeah. to 18.6%, my parents sat me down and said they may have to take me out of school. They didn't. They managed to keep me in there. But then over my lifetime, I've seen mortgage rates drop. I got a deal for my half, first half in, house in 1986, 10.5%. Couldn't believe what a screaming deal I got. Wow. First, yeah. First house in America, 8.5% mortgage rate. You know, 1996, 8.5%. I just, again, uh, unheard of. I could get such a bargain rate mortgage. Now, what are we at? You know, five to seven seven percent, and people are um, screaming about it. You know, understandably, right? But I'm just saying, actually, this is a we're in, still in a pretty affordable mortgage rate market <laughs> compared to uh, our lifetimes. Yeah, but but like you said earlier, the prices are different, right? right. Yeah, the prices are so high that that six to seven percent hurts badly. Uh, um, absolutely, not, not that the eighteen point six didn't hurt real bad. <laughs> Right, right. But still, yeah, right. it's, a, it's a different ball game. Right. So we've seen 40 years of dropping interest rates, and now they started moving up again. And they couldn't drop any lower than, than they did drop, right? The US 10-year dropped to 1.4%, I believe. And you know the US 10-year back in the 1980s was at 10% or more than 10%. You know, I think the US 10-year was at 16% in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, it dropped down to 1.4%. Now the US 10-year, 10-year treasury, I'm talking about the 10-year treasury, the basic instrument for government borrowing. And it's up to like, I don't know, 3.8%, say, in the last week or so. And that's still, that's pretty low. And it it could go up to 5 6% um, as we start to try to pay down this debt. So what I'm trying to say here is that the 40 years that I experienced is potentially going to be different to our, for our kids that they were yeah. so encumbered by debt that interest rates unlikely to drop down again in the way that they did um, a couple of years ago. So moving on from interest rates, Robert Schiller is this famous economist who's written a lot about housing. And he did he studied Dutch real estate. And he saw that in Holland, this tiny constrained country with limited land supply, and you would think, well, as the population grows, real estate will become more expensive. What he found is over 400 years, there were many booms and busts, ups and downs in real estate. But over 400 years, it basically stayed the same. It, over the long term, it simply matched inflation. Any idea why that could be, Eric? Why in a limited amount of land, um, why did real estate got, not get increasingly expensive? Did they have certain rules in place maybe where the rich couldn't or investment companies couldn't gobble up a bunch of property at one time? That sounds like a great a great guess, Eric. <laughs> great guess, no guess. cigar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, All right. Okay. What amazing what it is is technology. And who knew there was technology in real estate? But apparently there is. So home building has actually got cheaper and cheaper over time. So even if land has got more expensive because home building and construction has become cheaper and cheaper, it's actually made homes more and more affordable over time. 
So, um, yeah, the, the main thing I want to point out here is that long term, according to Robert Schiller, home prices should simply track inflation. And right now we are way above that long term you know, graph. So chances are that house prices are likely to fall back towards the long term trend. So there we have it. We have these different forces going on. We've got the credit cycles changing. We've got technology that makes houses actually cheaper. We've got um, home builders, which I mentioned that they are starting to build more homes, more rental units and more uh, multifamily dwellings are going to be coming online once we get over these supply snags. You know, another interesting thing is globally what's going on, right? And global real estate prices are easing. You know, China, finally, China's had this huge property boom, but finally prices are actually dropping quite a bit in China. Hmm. And then in the UK, in the UK, they're not lucky enough to have fixed rate mortgages. And yeah, I talked to my nieces and nephews in the UK and they're excited. They got 1.5% adjustable rate mortgages. Well, those mortgages last for five years and those mortgages are running out in, in you know, two to three years. And uh, guess what they're going to adjust to, Eric? Oh, Lord. What do they go to? Oh, uh, they're going to go to, you know, five, 7%. So you've got a 1.5% mortgage. It's going to go to five to 7%. So they're in for a big shock. So yeah. I think the house prices in the UK so are going to ease. So you're going to have this easing potentially around the world, at least in what I call real terms. Like with inflation, the house prices may stay stable, but everything else is getting more expensive, right? And, and wages may go up. So, but relative to your income, we're going to see house prices, I think, ease. Okay. Okay. Getting yeah. on to the final run, taxes. So another reason why I think that the, uh, real estate prices have always been pushed higher is because of the tax incentives, right? There are great tax incentives to own your own house or to own rental real estate. But that's actually, it's kind of increased the bubble at a certain point, can make the bubble larger. And on the, on the other flip side, in terms of selling real estate, of course, you have people like me, I'm locked in my house because do you know when, do you know what the homeowner, do you know the amount of the tax exemption, Eric? Like if we sell a house, you know, how much do we not pay taxes on? Oh, on capital gains? If I'm not mistaken, it's, isn't it just below 500,000? It, it is, it is 500,000. So it's okay. 250,000 each. So it's 500,000 for a couple, right? Yes, that's that, right. Yep. That if I bought my house for $500,000 and I sell it for a million dollars, I will not have to pay any tax on that $500,000 I made. Mm -hmm. So the point being, I have, yes, I, I'll be very self-revealing here. I have way more than $500,000 of gains in our house. So mm -hmm. if I sell, I, if I don't do certain strategies, I am going to be paying a lot of tax on the extra amount I've made. A lot yeah. of people in this situation, we don't want to sell. And so it means there's less supply for young people. Yeah. So that's what's going on with taxes. And that's why home yeah, prices are, are being held up. We're running out of time. So I am, I think we'll talk about more about tax strategies in the next one, but all right, so Eric, any question? what's that? Always leave them wanting yeah, more. Leave them that's wanting more. Yeah. Taxes. Yeah. Information on taxes. All right. So, well, if, people, okay. if folks want to reach out to you, Adam, I, I want to give okay. them some contact information because you're a wealth of knowledge. You've got a lot of podcasts out here now in the universe. Um, and, and if folks just want to have a conversation, say, okay, here's what I'm facing. This is what I've got. This is where, you know, this is how much I bought my home for. This is what we're thinking over the next five to 10 years. There's a lot of things to consider. How do they get a hold of you? Um, so I just want to say one one thing that, sure. as a, in conclusion, that homeowners want all like welcome higher prices, right? 
But actually, it could be really good <laughs> if we have you know, lower real estate prices, that it could be better for the country, you know, even though homeowners love high prices, right? I want my kids to be able to own a home. We have a lot of unhoused people. It would be great if more people could, have, could yeah. afford to own their own home or have a home, even if they're renting it. So it's not like I'm not all doom and gloom about lower real estate prices. There is there is a silver lining, right? <laughs> more yeah. people get to have a home. So please, yeah, reach out if you've got any questions. You can you can go to our website, wellacrewealth.com, wellacrewealth.com, and you can contact us through that. You can also contact me directly. I'll give out my direct line here, 310-231-5262. That's 310-231-5262. And you can email me at ascott at wellacrewealth.com. Adam, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be with you, Eric. You betcha. And our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Red Carpet Retirement Podcast with Adam Scott. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Adam comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this is a great one. If folks that you hang out with, party with, um, you know, go to social events with, if you're in that circle, most likely they have homes similar to yours. This is good information. Please share the podcast with them. Let them know, hey, there's some good info that you need to hear. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wellacre Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wellacre Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only content should not be considered as legal or tax advice, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and consult with your own legal and tax professionals before taking any action.